BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Podcast in the country. Yeah, but our our perspective is better. So that's fair. Yeah, we could talk about Tunney's tweet about how he got with the five things he got right, and I really wanted to reply with the seven things he got wrong. But yeah, <laughs> well. Yeah, he he was all indignant when I was razzing him about that on uh on bandwagon nerd. He literally put check marks. What did I right? get wrong? So I wanted to yeah. put a bunch of orange X's with like RK Bro's gonna lose, Becky's gonna win, Charlotte's gonna lose, Austin will never Dave wrestle started, a match again. But I didn't. No, Dave Dave was the one who was like MVP's gonna manage everybody on the roster at WrestleMania. Yes. And also not only that, but I believe that call was made for Mania, not for Raw. But you know what? Right. It doesn't matter. You give it to him. Oh, Phoenix! <laughs> hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's past your down. You straight punk bitch! I mean, you're just gonna replace me. Shut up! Random Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere! Why do I have to have a buzzer? You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome. It is a beautiful Tuesday evening as we record this show. At least, I don't know. It's beautiful here, although it hit the 90s today. Patrick O'Dowd, is, is it, is it beautiful? What's your weather like right now in this early April evening? Oh, it was a, it was a nice 55 degrees and sunny today. It was very nice. That's in short. I, uh, for you guys. 
Jack, jacket was off, sleeves were up, got my steps in. It's a good day. Excellent. Good day. Very, very good. Wonderful. Yeah, we hit 90s today, so that's exciting. But uh, that's that 93. sounds horrible. No, it was great. That Love sounds. It horrible. wasn't that bad. It was. No. It, it will get no, no, no. more horribler. See, Th- th- horribler? This is why. This is why yes. Yeah, horribler. That horribler. was terrible. Horribler. This, this is yeah. why I can Terribler. never live out Terrible. there. Terrible. You all with this like weird terribler. normalizing ninety degrees in Terrible. April. Horribler, terribler, hamburglar. There's all kinds of good things that we can say on this show. Oh, what we're going to say is a bunch of words. We're going to say those words about WrestleMania because WrestleMania just took place. I don't know if you guys know this. You guys do because you're in the know, but I don't know if the listeners know. WrestleMania was this weekend, and, and it's kind of kind, kind of a big thing in the world of pro wrestling. I, don't I know. knew. Like I knew I was missing something. Yeah. <gasps> Your text messages say otherwise. Um, uh, but... We're going to talk about it. We'll talk about the highlights. I got some things. I got some stuff I want to get some opinions on and, and some some things that may have flown under the radar just a little bit. And as you know, reaction to the reactions and a lot of fun things like that. But this is The Greg DeMarco Show. My name is Greg DeMarco. The other male voice you heard is that of the wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd. You also heard the female voice there of the queen of soft style, Miranda Morales. We will get into nicknames and Twitter handles and not Twitter handles and all that stuff Later in the show, but this show is part of the ChairShot Radio Network, which you can hear at thechairshot.com. 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 Always use your head. You can also hear it on your favorite streaming platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, and so many more. Like, subscribe, leave us that five-star review, turn on some notifications, share it with a friend. You know what to do. do. Do all of the things. That we ask you to do because then we can continue to do this and continue to have all the fun that we have doing this, talking wrestling, sometimes not not talking wrestling, so many more things here on the program. But it's in the books. WrestleMania is in the books. Let me ask you guys this for starters. I don't want to talk about any specific elements of WrestleMania until after the commercial break. But just overall, did you like it? Did you not like it? Where do you stand on just your overall impression of the WrestleMania? We'll start with Patrick O'Dowd. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I realized that my old ass is getting too old to watch it on Sunday and then go to work the next morning and function. Like it I'm no longer, I'm no longer in that you. age. I'm no longer at that age demographic where I can just like sleep four hours and go. Like, I mean, I know it's hot out it's here, but you anymore. know, for us, it ended at like nine o'clock. So. Well, yeah, yeah, but I'm not. I'm that. It, you're not, that's not a sway. <laughs> West Coast is the best coast. It absolutely. Or is. nobody works on Sunday. Start the fucking show early. <laughs> I like the Saturday thing. I, I like the other pay per views taking place on Saturdays. I'm a big fan of that. I think the Super Bowl should be on Saturday. So, uh, you know, right. it's just it's just me. But I also agree. You could start the show earlier, but I don't know. Whatever. They just never have had them earlier on. And that's wrestling sometimes is like that. Well, we've just never done it, so we're not going to do it. But we've always yeah, done it this way. Always done it this way. I used but to purposely. The there have been a few years where I've taken the day after WrestleMania off of work because right. I, from a family perspective, especially when the kids were a lot smaller, would have to watch the replay of WrestleMania like mm. after the right. fact, right, which right. wouldn't start until like an hour after it ended. So I wouldn't even be able to tune into it until 10 p.m. our time. 
And now you're watching it till two in the morning. And so I would just not work the next day. But um, Miranda, what did you think of WrestleMania? I know your viewing positions, situations were a little bit different on each night. Yes. Yeah. So I actually did not watch it live on Saturday. So I ended up watching pretty much all of night one or WrestleMania Saturday on Sunday, as well as WrestleMania Sunday on Sunday. So, uh, but with that though, I was thoroughly sports entertained. Uh, I thought it was an entertaining uh, event both nights. There was definitely some matches that I liked more than others. Um, Even, you know, there's one night that I thought flowed better than the other, but I think overall, um, for someone who watches specifically WWE a little bit more periodically and not continuously, um, I felt like it was exactly what it set out to be. You know, the, the, a spectacle, stupendous, uh, all of the grandeur uh, and uh, uh, illustrious, repu- you know, uh, uh Gosh, what am I trying for? A reputation that it has. Yeah. Um, I, I, it exactly delivered on that, which is, you know, really all that I was. That was my highest expectation, and it was. Yeah. Me. I mean, you talk about the spectacle, and you, and you talk about, you know, the grandeur, the grandest stage, the grandest stage of them all, the granddaddy of them all, everything that WrestleMania is. It was exactly what it was supposed to be. Is how I look at WrestleMania. All right, that's my baseline. Right, it was what it was supposed to be. I will be 100% honest with you guys. I was not sports entertained by WrestleMania. Really? No, I was just entertained. I don't care about sports entertainment versus wrestling entertainment. I I had a great time. I I love both nights. I was like, wait a second. Back the the track. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, this whole are you sports entertained? And and I know we can thank uh, different, you know, mainstream media outlets for that phrase. But I just enjoyed it. I thought they were great events. I thought they were great shows. Again, I've been saying it for years on this show. And go back and listen to, to, the, to the first show. We were very IWC, and, and now we're much smarter. I know what I'm watching, and, and I continue to give that feedback to people who complain about WWE as if they want it to be something that it's not. They don't know what they're watching. You know, Raw ended with a cliffhanger where Roman Reigns was like, tune in Friday. It's a television show. Television shows have cliffhangers. It's not even wrestling is simply a backdrop for them to tell stories. It, it's it's an age old adage that Bruce Pritchard himself has admitted on podcasts. Like it's it's wrestling just happens to be what they do at this point. It, it's all about storytelling and producing content. TV shows are weekly episodic television. Pay per views or or premium live events are movies, and that's where we're at. And, and that's what people need to understand. And if they did. They would either stop watching or they would be able to enjoy it more because they would know what they were watching. But I, I, th- I loved it. I, I really did. Um, was it perfect? Of course not. It wasn't perfect. And, and it, it flowed differently than it has in the past few years with the, with the match order, um, being a little bit different than it had been at least the last two years. Uh, and, and we only have two, you know, this is now the third year of a two night WrestleMania event to talk about. And it was formatted a little bit differently than the first two were, but overall, definitely a fun time for me. And, and, and uh, I, I, yeah, nothing but I don't grade things. I don't give numbers. But if I did, they would have been high marks for both nights as I wrote my uh, wrote, wrote my review in live in the moment that I wrote at thechairshot.com. We will get into some specifics. I've got some written down. Patrick and Miranda might have some other ones that they want to talk about if I don't hit them. But before we do that, 
we've got some typical business to take care of. So if at the hashtag Miranda on the Instagram and the Facebook, but not on the Twitter, because then she couldn't be the Twitterless heroine. And that just wouldn't work out. I mean, once you're the Twitterless heroine, you, you can't go back. Plus, it's it's fucking cesspool. Like, you don't want to be there anyway. But, although I've been having a lot of fun on it lately. I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, you got some stuff you got to do. So, uh, why don't you do something that I, I know I know you, you, you get a lot, of, um, a lot of enjoyment around. Boss me around. And, uh, yeah, we'll do it. Indeed, Greg. Well... Thank you for reminding me, just like you should have reminded me about WrestleMania. Can't believe I missed the whole thing. Um, gosh, maybe I'll catch it next year. Uh, but with that, go ahead and wind it up. It's time! Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash, you guessed it, it's the chair shot. And there you're going to find a variety of t-shirts all in support of, you know it, it's thechairshot.com. Oh, yeah. When you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot, you're going to find a variety of awesome t-shirts. That includes the Chairshot Worldwide t-shirt, multiple always use your head shirts, Baron Corbin sucks. And much, much more. That also includes, well, the official, unofficial t-shirt of Patrick O'Dowd. Hashtag safe tag team wrestling. As well as the Queen of Sauce style shirt. And everybody hates Greg. Now, starting April 6th through April 11th, there is a sale. 20% off your order when you use the promo code SPRING22. So that means you can order your shirt, look good, and save some money. Check, 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 check. All the boxes are checked. Everything's looking good. So why don't you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Again, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your shirt. Don't forget to use the promo code SPRING22 to get 20% off your order and support the chairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net.
So I had someone uh, say something that I know I saw. It said that uh, if you didn't watch WWE, you would think and tune in for WrestleMania, you'd think Pat McAfee was their biggest star. Like, now I don't know if that's true if you look at the treatment of Roman Reigns and everything, but I will say this: just just knowing how the man throws money around, he pays for him play. I guarantee you, he paid whatever it cost to have that song as his theme song. Like he wanted the soccer like environment for his WrestleMania introduction. I can absolutely guarantee that and, and did whatever he had to do to make that happen. And cause, cause that's, I mean, that, they never do that. They, they never pay for rights of a song like that. And unless it's Metallica and triple H, like they just don't. So, or motorhead. And so, yeah, it just shocked me, but that's where I want to start, not just on Pat McAfee, but the celebrity involvement of WrestleMania 38 in general, because we did have Pat McAfee victorious over Austin Theory and then losing an official match to Vince McMahon, which apparently, if you listen to the Pat McAfee show, he didn't know was going to happen. Um, you had Logan Paul teaming with The Miz, also victorious over the the the, the family Mysterio. And you had Johnny Knoxville victorious over Sami Zayn, thanks to the use of a giant mousetrap and many other contraptions in the Anything Goes match during WrestleMania Sunday. We'll start there, and we'll let Miranda go first, because you like stupid shit. Thoughts on the celebrity involvement of this year's WrestleMania? I think they were all really well-placed. You know, they all play to their strengths. Like Logan Paul was way beyond the expectations that I thought, both physically but also personality-wise. I just thought, you know, he was such a great heel, um, both in an obnoxious, loud way and in the little things that he did. And that is stuff that it takes, I think, years for some people to learn that granted, he, I think, is already familiar with that, with being on social media and on the Internet and his fighting background, that I think he knows how to play a crowd or an audience now doesn't necessarily do that in a live setting, but absolutely knows how to agitate people online. And that translated so well in his match. I think um, on the flip side, you had Johnny Knoxville and the jackass team that played to their strength on exactly that crazy gimmicks and spots. But in reality, that's what has made Jackass such a staple on television and in movies for years. And it actually worked pretty well in a wrestling ring. I think Sami Zayn was a great choice to work with them. And the way that he sold a lot of the stuff was really, really fun. Um, and, and yeah, Pat McAfee, I think uh, exactly that. He played on the grandeur of WrestleMania, understand sports and sporting events. This was his Super Bowl. and But instead of being on a team, it's just him. So understanding that environment and and whether that was more of a direct say from the celebrities or the company, I think each one of the celebrities, I, the key thing, I think, played to their strength. Patrick, what did you think of the celebrity involvement of WrestleMania 38? Uh, I was surprised that people were surprised that Logan Paul was good. Like, I I just, I I guess I don't, I don't understand you if you haven't been paying attention to Logan Paul and that's kind of your own problem. Uh, Whether you like the guy guy boxed Floyd Mayweather, like, right. Like that to me, 
this guy oozes personality. And then when that when that shot that that photo that he posted of himself um, in the regalia before uh-huh. the show, that was dope. Well, in, like, in, in, in our in our business, Patrick, it's called gear. Just so you know. Yes. Well, I'm not a promoter like you, so I wouldn't know. But that you are a time, you are a timekeeper, and you've worked the door. So at oh, multiple so events, you're pretty much. Yeah, you're yeah. pretty much crew. Yeah, yeah. Glamour Boy Shane said it. Told you, you are a worker. A a worker, yes. And and let let's let it be known that the man who also asks us where to find whorehouses in Arizona is the end all be all of what 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 I should listen to. Anyway, well, the best part about that conversation was I was like, I I got a guy who I can refer you to. I know know a guy. I know a guy who runs one or ran one at the time. So yeah. Uh, Yep. Yeah, you know things. Anyway, here here was the other thing. I loved the Jackass Johnny Knoxville stuff. I don't even like Jackass, but right. I liked that like that they made that match a cartoony Jackass episode. Like that's that's what it was, right? Oh yeah, that's um, what it was. Mal- Mal- Why would it be anything else? Giant, yeah, right. Malfunctioning giant mousetrap, notwithstanding. Not enough is being said about the fact that Wee Man reenacted uh, Hogan slamming Andre. Yes. Um, for for everybody, <laughs> everybody's memes out there, like it's been it's been a thing. It's been great, and Sami Zayn had fun, and, and that's oh yeah. At the end of the day, and, and then um, you know your 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 boy Pat McAfee, he got to be in the segment of the of the second night, in my opinion. Like he got to be a part of the Stone Cold Steve Austin moment. That really is what people wanted to see, like just Austin stunnering everybody. Like it was nice that he got that match with Kevin Owens the the night before, but Pat McAfee and whatever's going on with him and Vince and that and that rivalry. Um, yeah, I think it's over already. Not, notwithstanding and being dead and gone, but he got he got to be stunned by Austin and then pour beer down his throat while laying on the ground, and everybody loved it, and he got to punt a football into the into the crowd like he he got to do everything relish it and he was over like rover he like, was i mean you heard he it like you can tell you in the sound that i played you you can tell when he walks out <laughs> because right. the crowd goes crazy like he was he was over and and if they ever do something in indianapolis like my god he might challenge for the world title like literally because <laughs> yeah why not but then he have to win. And, and that's the other thing. All three celebrities won. And if you go back and look at the history of WrestleMania, they tend to. Like that's just something yeah. that, that tends to happen. Right. Um, celebrities have a really good record at WrestleMania. The aforementioned Floyd Mayweather beat the big show, knocked him out. Now, did he use brass knuckles? Yes. But he still knocked out the big show. Even down to Donald Trump, who whose guy won in, in their match with Vince McMahon. Like celebrities win. Last year, Bad Bunny won. Um, Miranda and I almost got into a fight because I said that – Logan Paul was at least as good as, if not better than Bad Bunny. Um, oh, snap. But he was. But Here's okay. the thing, though. And, and I want to go back to Logan Paul. Everybody's raving about you. Pat McAfee. And they are. And I get it. Logan Paul was a better wrestler than Pat McAfee was oh, at yeah. WrestleMania. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Pat McAfee Logan. was is the bigger name. Although... He's the bigger name amongst the wrestling crowd. Logan Paul might be a bigger name amongst oh, yeah. all of media. I, I think, yeah, I think it depends on your core audience because yeah. for a younger audience, it's a lot more in tune with social media. 
right. Logan Paul is absolutely a bigger name than Pat McAfee, but your sports crowd, maybe more mature, you know, right. adult crowd would recognize Pat McAfee over Logan yeah. Paul. So, and I think that's even the beauty, even Johnny Knoxville beyond that, you know, yeah. you have different demographics that these celebrities touch on. Um, and, uh, having more because usually too there's only been like one or maybe two celebrities at the most where they've had involvement in wrestlemania this year with three different ones i think it's showing you know the broadness that they're trying to capture with their audience with having different celebrities from different areas worlds whatever you know be a part of the show yeah i will say this about logan paul i i I expected what I got out of Logan Paul mainly because I saw the training video of him in The Miz. And when I saw the training video with him in The Miz, I was like, okay, now I know what we're going to get and it's going to be good. Um, and, and The Miz also helped prepare Bad Bunny for their match last year. Like, uh, The Miz better stick around when he retires and start, you know, run the PC or whatever, like be the next Shawn Michaels when Shawn Michaels is done with that job because he's obviously good and he's good enough to train celebrities to go out there and deliver. Like, Right. He's he knows what the hell he's doing. Like this is the guy that couldn't even use a locker room when he first joined the company. So that's something else. And and I really do appreciate what he's been able to do as a star. Um these matches, you know, theoretically took the spot of other people at WrestleMania, whatever. I don't would you have rather seen a longer match between the New Day and Rich Holland and Sheamus over Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn? No. Ouch. You know, would you have rather, okay, Miranda, would you have rather seen your personal favorite Finn Balor and your Puerto Rican brethren, Damian Priest, over, say, Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn? I mean, I think it's so different. They would have been completely different matches. So I think it's, I mean, it's, it's it's so hard because I feel like that, match in particular that that Johnny Knoxville and Sami Zayn match was just so unique and, and just comical and fun you know I I see the what people's argument was that man yeah I well and here's I, the thing, I'm a right? little bit more torn but but you're torn because it's two of your favorites yeah, exactly. It's two That's of why my I picked those two favorites. Yes, yeah. So I would say, you know, maybe you could have had one less match. Where my mind was thinking, which one of those celebrity matches could I have gone without? And I think that's where I kind of split. You know, yes. and so yeah. So here, here's my question though: Does the match that you want to see, Miranda, help the WWE's global product and mainstream product that they look to create? than any of the three that would have been replaced if you pulled a celebrity match. No. And and that's, and such a, that's yeah. why those matches are yeah. there and the other yeah. one isn't. Like, yeah. that's and it. Like it's, Not only that, and, but... And you have to just recognize that as a fan. Like, there's that's, the booking, too. That's what it is. Damian Priest mm-hmm. is now aligned with Edge after what yeah, happened there. Yeah, and, and I think... You so know, you didn't want to see granted, him lose. Yeah. And, and, now, granted, yeah. I do think going back to, I think there's other matches within the card. So if you're asking more like the New Day versus, you know, Sheamus and Ridge Holland, I, I think, and again, solely based right. too on maybe not having enough time and all that, that could have been replaced with another, you know, right. maybe we would have seen the Intercontinental Championship. But it would have been a four minute match if they did that. Like that match was so short. 
And yeah, right. I was worried it was going to get cut again, <laughs> like the way that right. they were going. Yeah, no, um, it was very, yeah. That would have been like, there have been matches that have been cut from WrestleMania before and some high profile, like, like some not high profile, but known. And there have been matches that, uh, you know, with that, that I felt like was about to be the first match to ever get cut twice from WrestleMania. And, and that just would have been sad. Um, New Day is such an overact, though. I knew they were going to find a way to put them on there just because it's New Day. Um, and with everything Big E and, and the gear and all that stuff, like they were going to figure out a way to get that on the show. Um, and, and, you know, if you believe the reports or whatever, it was always going to be a super short match no matter what. So who knows? Um, yeah. So, yeah, celebrities, I think we're all remotely on the same page. They deliver year in and year out. And with WrestleMania going Hollywood next year, I have no reason to believe that's all, not going to happen. All of the celebrities. Year, right? All of the celebrities. Yeah, I mean, I do think it's a fine line. When I think of the two events if, that are more regularly having celebrity involvement, it's, you know, WrestleMania and SummerSlam, mm-hmm. you know, and I think those are pretty two good yeah. goalposts for those. But I do think it's trying to find that balance of, you know, I, I do understand a bit of that argument of, you know, building your own stars and building people to the point where fans want to watch them and you don't necessarily, you know, rely on celebrity involvement. And I don't think that the use of celebrities when it's very smart increases and builds up your stars as well. So I feel like as long as they continue to have more of these right matches and pairings, it's going to continue to be beneficial. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be one faulty, you know, celebrity involvement yeah. or or something that's gonna you know throw everyone into a tizzy again and say no don't use celebrities focus on building your stars but i think these examples this year especially for wrestlemania were all good and, and it's very hard to deny that they use them smart in a smart way mm-hmm. but but why though like i don't i why do people get so so hung up on the celebrity thing because they like, want it to be why? like they, they just it's, it's when you say people. Remember, you're talking about a very small group of people. Sure, I am. I and I get it that this this, this loud group of like I also just think like I keep hearing like people keep talking about oh, so many people like weren't included. Like four people weren't included in WrestleMania. But like really that that people that 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 subsection right. of fans care about it just so well, happens to be that two of them hold day, titles that's a big part of the people's problem well yeah. again titles that haven't been cared about by the wwe for a really long time like i yeah i don't it's, it's just it's you talk about this all the time like this is the thing that i just find find really interesting is that we're not we're not watching the crockets here people we're not watching the nwa right. we're not watching like this isn't you know Bruce Pritchard gets railed on people for making fo- jokes about New Japan Pro Wrestling. But this isn't New Japan Pro Wrestling. Like, that's not... And even New Japan Pro Wrestling has goofy shit. Oh, um, yeah. It they just does. Do. Yeah. So, it, it's just it's so strange to me that on a, on a two-night, ten-hour wrestling whatever, that maybe... Like, like it just... It's been this. It's been this entertainment spectacle from the from the very Liberace. Andy fucking Warhol was at WrestleMania one getting yeah. interviewed by Gene Okerlund, and he had no clue what he was doing there. He was yeah, at least they're better prepared around. now. Yeah. So like, yeah. Mr. And, T made event well, at WrestleMania one. Like that's all you yeah, guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and again, I and I'm just throwing out what we hear, what we know. Yeah. We 
know this, understand this, respect this. But I think, again, some of this also comes back to the tribalism that is wrestling fans, that this is ours and you're an outsider and you don't know and you don't respect. And therefore that creates problems. And I'm not saying any of that happened, but still to this day, there is this sense of this is ours. And that creates the schism and division, even within wrestling fans on so many things, but especially with anyone that is perceived as an outsider that, and, and but the and, thing, like, and I guess the the irony of that with the way people look at the WWE and try to call it not wrestling, but then want to treat it like right everything else is just so backwards. And it's and I get it because there was a while where it was purely wrestling. There was a while where it was what people wanted to see coming out of the Attitude Era and in the Ruthless Aggression yeah, Era, like it ago. was exactly. But that's what people still want to see. That's what they – and they see it – again, it's like when everybody wanted Kenny Omega to go to WWE. They just didn't want to seek out New Japan. They just didn't want to seek out whatever. People want to tune into WWE and see AEW. And when I say people, it's a very small group of people. Miranda used an interesting choice of words a moment ago. She said wrestling fans. Wrestling fans and WWE fans are two different groups of people. And wrestling fans are complaining about WWE and WWE fans are complaining about nothing. Because they like the product and they move on to something else and they tune back in Monday, Friday, and weekend for pay-per-view. Like, they don't tweet all day. You do see them on Twitter. They're tweeting like, oh my god, this was amazing, and they're moving on. They're not engaging in long, drawn-out Twitter conversations. They're not doing all those things that are part of wrestling Twitter, and therefore, they're outside that group, too. Um it just made me think of things I've seen on an unrelated topic. I'm, I don't know if we'll get to it now, but people burning things, you know, it just happens to any fandom. When right. you see something you don't like, apparently you burn stuff. So yeah, we they, won't burn, they burn some WWE stuff that they like paid money for. <laughs> like, like so, you, so, you, yeah. so you gave the, you gave the company money and then you burn their shit. Cause that'll show them. That'll show yeah. them. No, it's not. I, I don't, again, I, I'm not sure if we'll reference it. If we do get to, then yes. But if not, I, I don't. I don't have a plan. Even but if, we even may. if we don't cover it on the podcast, I need to know this story because I haven't followed okay. the story. We, so we can, we can talk about yes. it later. All right, let's flip things around, and because there were things other than celebrity involvement here at WrestleMania, including the worst kept secret in all of wrestling, the big return that everybody knew was going to happen. It would have been a bigger letdown if it didn't happen, and that is the return of the American Nightmare. Cody Rhodes, complete with AEW branding and AEW theme music, because it's not actually AEW branding, AEW theme music. Cody owned all of it. Yes. Cody Rhodes returning as Seth Rollins' mystery opponent, defeats Seth Rollins, and is now back in the fold of WWE. Patrick, because we let Miranda talk about the stupid things, I do want, oh, one thing I forgot to mention. It was one celebrity match per night because Pat McAfee's in the fold. He's a commentator for WWE. He's not a celebrity. Fair enough, yep. Um, anyway, going back to this topic. Patrick O'Dowd, Cody's back, WrestleMania returned, victorious. Go. I liked it. I liked I liked the whole the whole thing. I liked his return. I thought that the the pop, uh, the expected, like it, it was the the anticipate the anticipatory pop. It's very similar to, it wasn't to the level. Well, it was because it was in the the giant ass stadium. But it, it reminded me a lot of when everybody knew Chris Jericho was debuting, and yeah. then they got to see Chris Jericho. Like he shows yeah. up, and you're like, yes. And so it was that that response was great. You could see it meant a lot to Cody. Um, 
when he, you know, when he's, when he's making his way to the ring, like trying hard to like keep character while, while making this, this walk down the aisle. Uh, the match itself was as good as I, it was, was as good as I kind of hoped it would be for, for the two guys that were participating in it. Uh, I thought it was interesting that it, you know, the crowd, it slowed down a little bit in the middle there, and I think the crowd slowed down with it. But I think that um, overall, it was exactly the the debut and return that he was hoping for, and I think it was exactly the debut and return that the WWE was looking for. Uh, and I think that you know, I'm I mean, I'm interested to see where he goes now. Um, you know, after giving his his promo on Raw and. Um, yeah, good for Cody, and I just I enjoyed it. I had a, I thought it was great. I really did. Miranda, I mean, I I agree. I I thought the entrance was great. I loved the the look. Um, you know, even just the way that commentary hyped. I keep remembering the line from um, I forget the exact wording. From unwanted to undeniable, or something uh, yeah. undesirable, undesirable to undeniable, undeniable yeah. you know. Right. Um, and you know, the prodigal son has returned. All of those things, like I just felt added, you know, to that. And also, just also listening in exactly to what, how is how is WWE describing him? How are we supposed to receive him from the WWE perspective, not from the fan perspective, but how does the company want us to view him? Um, so that to me was what I was really keen in listening to, especially through, you know, throughout the match, but in the introduction. Um, I mean, I think it was crazy, crazy mm-hmm. to look at him, to look at this stage, to look at him coming down on it. Um, because I don't think I ever thought that was going to happen. Um, and not necessarily in this whole, I never thought he was going to go back to WWE. I just didn't think Cody was going to be made that big of a deal. And so, you know, this concept and idea and story about betting on yourself and going out, you know, this could be one of the best stories out there. You know, we've seen that happen with Drew, with Bobby, with, you know, people coming in and out of the company, but this could be one of the biggest, you know, periods of growth for anyone mm-hmm. in all of, of pro wrestling. When you look at, you know, and even the ode to it, you know, the wink, wink, nudge, nudge of things throughout the match too. I think he's very much an openness wink. to Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Welcome back to the big leagues, bitch. He like there was no wink, <laughs> well, nudge. Rollins is the all. heel. The heel should say that. Yeah, like, no, but I'm just saying, like there was no like, like there was no on the slash with that. No, of yeah, not. It, was, it was all direct. Whether you know it was the pedigree back and forth, whether it was yeah. the stardust, you know, uh, cartwheel. Whether, uh, it, it was a mix of things where it was very much an open book. Funny. Nothing was necessarily hidden. It's funny because I don't know if it was Meltzer who reported this or Insider whoever said that the only thing – I think it was actually Cody himself who said the only thing – the only stipulation he wanted was to never hear or see or mention anything of Stardust again. And then he goes and does the cartwheel. Like it's just – but he controls that. He does the cartwheel or he doesn't control the cartwheel. That's Cody's choice. That's not WWE using that gimmick. I think he will lean into it at some point. He will lean into polka dots at some point. He will do it all because – It'll be his choice, just like everything else. That's the one thing about AEW. Everything was his choice. And 
that's, I think, the biggest thing he wanted coming back to WWE. I think he comes back exactly where he's positioned after that WrestleMania win. I think he comes back as a top guy. And I, I, the question that I got to really explore for myself, and I don't know if I'll ever have the chance to do it just because of time, had he stayed and continued his career for the next six years, what level would he have gotten to? And it's hard to say because since he left, look at what happened with Drew McIntyre. Look at where Roman Reigns ended up. Look at Bobby Lashley. Like these are people that six years ago we would not have imagined would have been world champions. So it's highly likely that Cody Rhodes could have gotten to that level. But he didn't know that at the time and wanted to go do it himself. And he did. I don't remember who it was that said it. It might have even been you, Patrick. We now have the definition of the brass ring. Like we now know what the no, brass ring is. I, I wish I could take I wish I could take credit for that. Yeah. That wasn't me. We we know what Vince McMahon's brass ring is now. It's prove it to me. Go out and prove it. Whether it's leaving and proving it, whether it's staying and proving it, who right. knows? But that's the brass ring, not some stupid match prop, not some stupid line in a CM Punk promo. It's go out and prove it. And look what Cody did. He went out and proved it and he came back. He's got a deal. I mean, AJ Styles got a bus, so does Cody Rhodes. Randy Orton's got $3 million a year. So does Cody Rhodes. Like, this is where he's at. He's at that level. Basically, there's Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And then there's every, and then there's that second tier of guys that I just mentioned. And Cody's in it. And, yeah. and that's where he came back at. And that's where he's at. And the only part that I still, and watching it on Raw and watching it at WrestleMania, it's still weird. Like the branding part of it is still weird. Like I'm just, you know, I associate everything American Nightmare, especially the logo, the song I associate with AEW. Like I haven't watched a ton of AEW, but I've watched enough to know. Like, right. And and to see him come up through, he never had the entrance coming up through the stage. And, and now he does. Like they literally let him use Edge's entrance set on Raw so that he could come up through the stage again. And because he won't be able to do that most time because the way the stage is set up. But it was just, yeah, it, that that's still the part that strikes me. It's like weird. And the, and here's the crazy thing. And they, they had to let him use a logo because it's freaking tattooed on his neck. Like, right. and you know, <laughs> yeah, it's not you were gone for enough time to get the tattoo removed, Cody. But uh, I guess that thing's here to stay. But it's just, yeah, when, when I saw American Nightmare and the logo, that hit me. I was like, wow. Like, I knew it was going to be Cody. But when you saw that and the song, he paid for the song to be made. Someone argued with me on Twitter saying the song no longer applies because the lyrics were all about him leaving or whatever. And I'm like... It still applies. That's his story. That's the Cody Rhodes story, and that's right. his character. Like, his character literally hasn't stopped since going to AEW. It's like it's literally this continuation of a character he played in another company. That's unheard of, but that's what they had to do to get him. And I'm very impressed by it. From a business standpoint, I'm super impressed, and I love it. And and I think it's great. And don't think that – and I even said this in my article that I wrote or I said it in a tweet or whatever. I said that WWE didn't do this because of AEW, and I rethought that statement. They absolutely did this because of AEW. We all talked ad nauseum, and I even said the first person to leave AEW for WWE would be MJF, whatever. It was wrong. Who knew the first person to leave AEW for WWE would be the freaking founder of the company? Like no one could have predicted that three years ago. But – don't think they don't know. Like, that's an investment in their future of WWE. Not just in Cody Rhodes, but their general future. Because now, anybody else who's not sure about leaving AEW to come to WWE because of how they'll be treated, sees how Cody is treated. They'll talk to Cody. Cody will tell them how he's being treated. He talks about the conversation he had with Triple H. after. Like, it's it's all 
he's being accepted with open arms and he's being accepted at a much higher position than he ever probably thought he could be. I love it. I think it's great. And usually when you come in from another company, look at AJ Styles, lost his first WrestleMania match to Chris Jericho, right? I thought Cody was going to lose. I really did. Right. Um, I thought it would be a hard-fought match, blah, 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 this, blah, blah, that. Or there'd be some shenanigans that caused Rollins to be injured before the match or something, and that's why Cody would win. No, Cody won clean, man. It took like three crossroads and, and a bunch of other stuff, but still. He won clean. He had the match he wanted to have, like just thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly impressed. And I don't think he's ever leaving the company at this point. He's still running his school, which is so funny that he's still running his school, and everyone's like, oh, my God, whatever. Seth Rollins runs a wrestling school. Like – it's it's the 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 kind of the parallels between Rollins and Cody are very interesting. They're they're more similar than than we think. Even though Rollins didn't have to leave and come back, I even made note in my reactions that I wrote up at thechairshot.com. It was a match between two former Ring of Honor World Champions. Yet again in WWE, and you don't think of Cody as a former Ring of Honor World Champion because that's not his highest accolade. But um, yeah, I just thought it was great and and thought I just I have nothing else to say about it I don't even want to go into the anti-AEW side of me that wants to talk about it because it's not about that in the end like I think they acknowledge as much of AEW as they could and still being WWE I was gonna say that's where the burning thing comes I the the fandom for AEW as we've all seen is and then that was the the picture of someone burning at Cody Rhodes that's how (laughs) stupid that fan base is like literally, they're all like so, "f you, Cody, so, f you." It's just, they so don't they care about to, Cody being happy. They only cared about AEW existing. Was it a WWE figurine? Or no, was no, it no. It was AEW figurine. The whole the box. So, someone is, is burning it. I mean, Put I guess they gave, I guess they gave their money to their right. beloved. So I guess that that's that I sort of get. I just it still hits WWE social media scores. It's, so I don't care. Right. Don't care. It's it's dumb. So despite despite the, the urging of the aforementioned PC Tunney, who claimed this would never happen, Stone Cold Steve Austin did, well, as Miranda said in text message, exactly what I said was going to do. He came out, did the Kevin Owens show, turned it into a match. Um, and I thought it was so well done. This is We could not have done this five, six, seven, eight years ago. You would have had to announce it as a match. But now that the WrestleMania brand is so big... You could announce it as a KO show and turn it into a match, and everyone's going to love it. Like, and Kevin Owens, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, you know, Austin Theory is about to become Intercontinental Champion because of, or you, you, United States Champion because of what he did with Pat McAfee. Kevin Owens is going to get a push. Like, it's just going to happen because of what he did with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, his promo, he was leading the promo, not Austin. Like, he literally led the whole thing. And it wasn't Austin who turned it into a match. It was Kevin Owens who said, you think I called you out here for a promo for a segment? No, I want to challenge you to a match. No DQ, anything goes, me and you. And that's what they did. And and Austin played it, you know, got the hell yes in there and then agreed to the match, get us a goddamn referee, which they he, he, he himself self-censored. And they brought out the ref who he toasted after the match. I thought it was a great moment. And, and they had the match. And... He, the man took a suplex on the floor, like not a padded part of the floor either. The floor out in the crowd, like for a guy who's what, 60, pushing 60 in his upper 50s, like Stone Cold Steve Austin, um, he did it. He did it well. And and he 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 did, you know, he was a novelty act. He was he was the specialty act that that you would expect him to be. But 
It was, I have zero complaints about what they did. It was an official match. He won. I, could you imagine if Owens won? Like, that was not going to happen. But I, I just loved it. I, I loved everything about it. And I also thought it was in the right spot on the card. Like, you you can't make someone else follow that. You just can't. It just wouldn't have been fair to make Charlotte and Ronda follow that. It, it just wouldn't have, especially with the type of match they did. Um, it would not have played well in front of that crowd after Austin was out there because they would have left anyway because they would have forgotten there was another match. Miranda. Your thoughts on the, the 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 return and the official match for Stone Cold Steve I, Austin? Yeah, it wasn't until we talked about it last week, or I think the week before, or maybe it was last week. I don't remember. Uh, but uh, once we talked about it and really put that idea out in the universe, it started to make so much more sense. Um, and as even just seeing you know the news and how everybody reacted to it it was done the way that it was supposed to you know uh, you're absolutely right that if you were to have a match after that um it would have been really hard to follow i kind of think you yeah. either had to have it first or last like that's mm-hmm. it uh and so um that could have been a fun way to kick off the show but i think in general, though, the idea that it wasn't announced, it was somewhat teased, you know, and, and you know, you, again, kind of the worst kept secret as well, one of them this weekend. Right. Um, but, you know, I thought it was it was entertaining. And even for fans and even for Stone Cold, like knowing there was a little bit more closure, like knowing that this was you know, a portal that was open for a certain amount of time, knowing that once it ended, it was going to to end, but also feeling a lot of just great, you know, just pride and excitement and nostalgia and all of these different types of words. But I think because it really hit people differently, um, whether it's, you know, a 10 year old who's never seen Stone Cold, but is wearing his shirt because his 35 year old dad who grew up on him, you know, gets to mm-hmm. see him, you know, just stuff like that. Like that. It's a beautiful thing. And I, I was just elated to see that. I cannot wait for the WrestleMania 39 tag team match when Stone Cold Steve Austin and Goldberg beat the Miz and whoever his partner is <laughs> at WrestleMania 39. That's going to be amazing. <laughs> Mark the tape. Patrick oh O'Dowd, thoughts on Austin and his match? Because I know you love when old-timers wrestle. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, it was a nice bit of nostalgia. It was, I think, absolutely the the right way to – like, when we, t- we talked about this. We talked about Kevin and, and Steve working earlier. You knew Kevin was going to do right by Steve of course. Um, for that match. He just – he, you and I have met the guy like he's so respectful of of the business in general as it is Kevin Owens is the right guy to, to wrestle Steve Austin and the chemistry was there it was clear that there was there uh you know it's it's it was it was great for what it was I was never a big Stone Cold fan when he was at his apex too which is why this is a little like why I sound so like Hemi and Holly about it like the rock the rock gave Man. me chills he was. The Rock gave me chills. Stone Cold didn't. Like, I was a Rock guy well, all the way. There's the and... what chant issue that you have, too. So, No, that's just fans being stupid. Like, that's not, <laughs> that has nothing to do with Stone Cold's gimmick or whatever. But chanting what at a fucking Hall of Fame speech while somebody's trying to, like... Yeah. Like, and I get it. And I know Vince gets it. And whatever. It's just... It's why it's Stone stupid. Cold gets to go out in main event. Like, seriously. 
right. 2022. And so, yeah, it was, and it was definitely either a first or last. I, I shared this uh, with some folks. I, I preferred Stone Cold's appearance on night two more than I, than I did night one. That was really what I was looking for is for him yeah. to, to stun, to give Vince a stunner, give everybody like we got to watch everybody and their brother get stunned. And I, I, I posed this question to uh, a couple of wrestling friends at work. I wonder how long the line in the locker room was of people who were like, please, can I be one of the people who take right. a stunner? Can I take a stunner? Can I, can I, can I? And that was the other thing is people fucking dragging Vince McMahon in his 76 year old ass. He never took for, a stunner. For not, first for not st- do his, go, go watch Austin theory who channeled the rock. Yeah. And that's oversold the shit out of it. I actually put this in my article too. You guys really need to go read it. Not you guys, but everybody at chairshot.com. I think Pat McAfee's sell of the stunner is the greatest sell I've ever seen. He sold it the best. He sell he sell it because he he just fell backwards slowly and spit out his beer and everything. And here's a crazy thing: he talked about it on his show. He didn't know the Vince match was going to happen. That wasn't planned. He challenges Vince like as a joke, and Vince is like, "I guess we're going to do this," and takes his thing off and goes in there and wrestles. And then punts the football. Now, the fact they had a football ready for him to punt into Pat's midsection. Yeah, it's like, come on, that. man. But the, the, the Austin thing and the stunner thing, like, he was on the floor at that point selling. And Stone Cold's music hits, and he's just like, what? And then when he gets to celebrate with Stone Cold, he was literally in the ring like, please stunner me. Like, please stunner me. And, and of course, they did. Like, he talks about how, you know, he's a, like, like, they're sharing beers with Stone Cold. It's like literally telling him in the ring. I'll go this corner, you go that corner. Like they're literally doing it on the fly. And then during the second toes, he was like, just God, just please don't hurt me. And he did. And, and dream come true. Um, yeah. Austin, look, they get so much money from the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. That's not Stone Cold, Stone Cold Steve's Austin's last match. It's just not. Everyone's like, Oh, what a great way to go out. We know how this works. He probably got $10 million for what he did the other day. And he can get it twice a year if he wants it. Out of WWE, he will wrestle one or two more matches for this company. That's just what's going to happen, and it's just business. It is what it is. I mean, when they're in Saudi Arabia, I won't see them. So I guess no. what a way to it go. Doesn't. And Steve. a lot of people won't what a way see to go. Yeah, right? I guess but, some people will acknowledge this as is. Yeah, but but, but Patrick, I won't igno- be that guy. but Patrick acknowledges the events taking place and the things that happen in them. So yeah, we're gonna take a quick commercial to, break again. We're going to take our second commercial break, and then I got two more things I want to talk about, and we'll uh, see if it matches up with these guys. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out. TheChairShot.com One of my favorite sayings in all of our history, podcasting wrestling. LOL, Charlotte wins. I've got multiple text messages with that exact phrase, the night of WrestleMania. And it's interesting because I, had we done predictions, I would have been wrong. I actually would have predicted that Ronda Rousey was going to win and Bianca Belair was going to lose. I, I, that's how I would have predicted it. And the reason I would have predicted Bianca to lose is because we had this event called WrestleMania Backlash. And you got to save something for WrestleMania Backlash. And that's where I thought Bianca would have won. Uh, but Bianca wins and, and Ronda Rousey loses. 
and essentially loses clean to Charlotte Flair in, in modern day wrestling anyway. And yeah, the, the two major matches for the women's championships still weird that they were on the same night. And, and I really thought one might get moved. I was wrong. It was a different match. that got moved, but like, I, I, like when Miranda and I were grading it, I gave myself a third of a credit for saying that a major match would get moved and they moved the new day versus the Brits. But, um, yeah, I really, yeah, I enjoyed both of them. And Charlotte Flair is so underappreciated. I want to say underrated, underappreciated by so many wrestling fans because that, and her first match with Ronda at Survivor Series when she took Becky's place was fantastic. It was the most hard hit. It was the hardest hitting women's match I've ever seen in the WWE. Like it literally was. And they were bruised up everything everywhere, even during the match. And the Becky Bianca feud was the same way in, in, in somewhat. Um, but, and I didn't think it played well in a stadium. Like to me, it was more of an arena match as hard hitting as it was. Cause you need to be up closer to see it all. But I really liked both matches. Like I really thought that both matches were really, really good. Um, who, who, who talked first on the Austin thing? I don't even remember, but, uh, I, I did. No, I, I did. Be, no, I don't know. Did no, you? it would have been Miranda me? because you talked first on Cody because I had Miranda talk about the stupid stuff. So yeah, Patrick, so it, it was Miranda. Yeah. Thoughts on, um, I, I mean, a lot of people, you, you know, you talk about it, loving them. I mean, a lot of people have Bianca and Becky as their match of the night from night one, um, and of the weekend. So, you know, there's definitely some that I mean, the the shiner that Bianca was sporting the next day shows a lot of what you're talking about in just terms of well, physicality. That was look, I'm sorry, internet wrestling fans who love it. That was one hundred percent the fault of Bianca Belair. She was out of position to take that move. Like she should have been two steps closer. So oh, okay. and it happens. It yeah, happens. I know I know. What but you're that about. wasn't a brutal part of the match. That was a botch that no one wants to say is a botch because they love Bianca. That was a botch. Right. Okay. So now that cynical Greg has come in and poo pooed on everything, I, I didn't even say whether Greg. or not. But I'm just, but your 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 statement was that they were physical matches. Yes, they were physical. My matches. statement was that no, the feud Charlotte, with Bianca and Becky was a physical feud. Uh, up to enough. that point, okay. the match itself wasn't designed to be as physical. Charlotte and Ronda was a physical match. Oh, yeah, I think that was Charlotte. You. you can see it on you can see it on Charlotte's chest. And that was Charlotte, oh. I think, being like, "I'm in the ring with a UFC fighter. We're going to fight. Like, yeah. I'm going yeah. to go yeah, toe to toe show the world." Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, you know, when we would do the prediction shows, you would do the whole like who should win, who would win, th- sort of thing. And I think I would have been in the same boat as you. In terms of, I would, I would, I really thought that the right quote unquote right person won mm-hmm. between Charlotte and Rhonda. I really felt like it was the right call for for Charlotte to retain. But I think if we had done that in the show, I probably would have gone with Rhonda, yeah. just because that's just so it it screams what the WWE typically does mm-hmm. and 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 their their love of of Ronda Rousey in general. Um, I would have picked Bianca as the should and would win because, and I, I gave Tony and Dave a hard time about this when we briefly talked about WrestleMania on bandwagon nerds, because that's mm-hmm. that, like that's the WrestleMania story. That was mm-hmm. a year in the making. Yeah. Like that's the end. 
Like, oh, like that's the final chapter. Not, it's not a backlash chapter. Like WrestleMania, mm-hmm. WrestleMania, they did a great job, and that's why. And now I was, I was sold a hundred percent. So when people were picking, um, Becky to keep the keep the belts and to keep what I was like, no, no, it's that yeah. is Bianca's to to lose, and she was not going to lose. Miranda, what did you think about these two matches? I I really like both of these matches. I like how they were different though in their storytelling, which was what captured my attention. I really liked Becky Bianca. It was probably one of my favorite women's matches I've ever seen. And I think because it became very clear from the get go that there was this air of just, I guess maybe desperation from Becky, like trying to go out and and pin her as soon as she did, very similar to SummerSlam, but just the rapid pace, the constant pin attempts, it was each woman was trying to do their absolute best to try and close the deal as quick as possible because I think they both knew the longer it it, it drew out, the more challenging, the more they would have to throw at each other to truly... Uh, beat each other and I just love the story that they told with just the succession of moves and and the pin attempts where I think for Charlotte and Rhonda it was just two athletes Um, you know Charlotte at the head of, of her game as the most dominant best women's wrestler of in the entire world compared to Rhonda, who's, you know, uh, uh, an Olympian, uh, UFC Hall of Famer, you know, a legend in her own right and within the sport of mixed martial arts. And now these two worlds colliding together, that match was what I expected it to be. And even then some, because I really felt like it was much more of an athletic endeavor between the two. So they both told very different stories, both had very different buildups, but accomplished, I think some of the the best storytelling in throughout the entire weekend. I agree with both of you that I would have predicted Rhonda to win. I just thought, you know, maybe she's going to, you know, be champ for a while, maybe lose it in a few months and then come back. So I think what this to me makes me question is what's the long-term plan with Rhonda? Um, you know, uh, are we going to see her, uh, again now, or is she going to disappear for a few more months and come back, come back or, for SummerSlam? Yeah, you know, it's a possibility. Yeah. Come back for SummerSlam. Um, and maybe that's more of the cycle of Rhonda Rousey. Um, I, I don't know, but I I really enjoyed both of them. I do kind of think maybe night two would have benefited from having one of those matches because I felt like I said, uh, and I don't know if we'll get to this, but this is just my thought that the night two was, and it could have been just the exhaustion of all the shows that we had already been watching for three days, uh, but night one had a better flow, uh, and I think that the match quality and, and maybe card structure was better for night one. So I, I don't know. I think you could have had one of those matches, maybe Charlotte and, and Rhonda on night two. But I also see for the way they place things, really the mm-hmm. emphasis and the end all be all was Roman and Brock. So, yeah. you know, they built that and then whatever else was there, I, you know, I don't know. But I, I feel like you had two of, I think, the best women's matches that we're going to have all year at WrestleMania. Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch are two of the three best women's wrestlers in the world at this point. Like, and Becky proved that with the, what she did in that match. Like that match, Becky was the storyteller and Mm -hmm. she hasn't really had to be that yet. 
and seeing that like that's that's when you transcend to a whole nother level in your career and charlotte to me has been the storyteller since the first ronda match and and really confirmed that and, and just for anybody keeping score the two of the top three women's wrestlers in the world number three is unfortunately because she's not on the grand stage just diana Parazzo. and had she stayed and, and you know could eventually and she'll probably get back there at some point and, and get a chance to show that but no offense to anybody in AEW. it's not an anti-aw thing it's just it's not the same level. Um, and you could probably put Sasha Banks there, but it's just, you know, with the position she's been put in. Uh, but I think she'll get there again. But it's just, they're so good. And and the company, yeah, I do wish that one of them got to go on last. And I do wish that they could have had one in night two or whatever. But you look at everything that happened in night two, like it just, it's like where? Like you had this jackass match. You had the Pat McAfee match. Like, I think it got a chance and you had the edge and it's just a brilliant entrance, a brilliant storytelling, which we're going to talk about here in a second as we wrap things up. I just, they, they knew what they were doing when they put them both on night one, as crazy as it sounds. I wish we could have gotten like a Lita versus Sasha Banks match or something like that because all three women's matches involve championships and you can, you have the ability to tell a story for the women without a title. And I think that's the one quibble I have. And you had Lita at your disposal. And she said in interviews, if they want me, I'm there. Like, you could have done it. And and it would have been well-received and could have been well-placed on night two. But again, it's revisionist history at this point. Who knows? Lastly, we did have what I thought was a, another classic. Um, just, just It had everything. Everything from AJ Styles hitting his head on the entrance to cut the side of his face to come out already bleeding before the match even starts. Like, that's Goldberg levels of stuff right there. And Edge with the new... It was almost like the brood meets Triple H in his entrance because he has the throne and he comes up and just an, ama- just an amazing bit of storytelling with his new his whole new deal. Um, and, and Edge just, just in the match, like, he hasn't lost a thing. Like, he just continues to get better. He's reached Chris Jericho levels of reinvention and maybe even better because he's totally different. Like Jericho tweaks a little bit here, a little bit there. Like Edge is completely turned on a dime and everyone bought into it. And again, you know, someone's like, like when they give up their theme song and they do whatever, like they're in on the, they're in on this. They're all in on this character and Edge gets it. He wants to be booed. He's not worried about selling t-shirts. He's worried about selling wrestling and, and, and getting people to watch sports entertainment. And, you know, I called the whole faction thing on my, Bold predictions. I even cited Damian Priest as one of the people. Um, I don't know if we'll get more people or not, but some people thought that hurt the match, having Damian Priest out there to cause the ending. Um, <laughs> we'll let Miranda go first. Uh, yeah, I, was, I mean, I wasn't keen on it. I just thought it was a weird way to have that distraction cost AJ Styles the match, um, especially knowing AJ Styles is you know, one of the best wrestlers in the world that out of someone who he hasn't, he doesn't even really know, you know, like I, I, it just, it, it's, that was a little clunky for me. I get what the end goal was in that, but to me, it just, there was things about it that just didn't make sense. And for, I think if it was anybody else, or or someone of not the caliber of AJ Styles, okay, I would have bought it, but it's AJ motherfucking styles you know like he does not he's not phased but here's the thing with aj 
And, well, actually, Patrick was reacting. Uh, Patrick, let me let you go first. I don't want to. Yes, because AJ Styles is so amazingly perfect that he could never make a mistake and be distracted by the rando who shows up as he's about to drop a boot. Like, people are overthinking this. You're overthinking it. It's, I like, AJ has not been infallible. No like one's saying that he's infallible. It's just random. Like, it's just, it's just. Well, but it's because it's, this feels like, okay, I, this story I thought was about AJ when it was really about Edge. That's what that feels like. You know what I mean? Like the story's yeah. about Edge and what's next with Edge. And so you got like, this is one of the rare times where WrestleMania like started the storyline. Yeah. And that's, exactly. and people aren't used to that. I think like yeah, they should started hanging my head. Happening. Yeah. Right. But that's why I kind of hang my head because that's the sort of complaint. Like, you know, people are like, this is, this is blow off moments. WrestleMania, they're going to blow it off. No, it doesn't always have to be like, they just started this and there's legs there. So, yeah, Edge going in a new direction, having a faction, and that it makes its presence known in a big match to help Edge se- secure a victory at the biggest stage. You know, what? I guess would people have preferred he'd go full interference and then be mad about that? I don't know. Like I think that it, it to me it was it was just enough. Like AJ's focus, he's trying to to finish this off, and then all of a sudden here's Damien, here's this guy like stand there. What's his deal? Why is he there? Like we would stop. Like you would. I, I just we would stop. So that's why I hang my head. I just I think that people think way too fucking hard. Uh, on some of this and and it's okay like let it marinate people i saw and again on social media see twitter's not all bad and someone referred to edge as the king of the trilogies and he kind of is like orton was a trilogy rollins was a trilogy and if you look at the wb's calendar first of all roman reigns might be hurt like there's a chance like you saw his arm like Mm -hmm. roman might be out for a bit and they're not going to take the title at least both of them off of him like he's probably breaking Hogan's initial run. I think that's where they're headed with this because they want, they always love to rewrite the history books. You know, Orton says he got 10 years left. He'll probably break Flair's record. Reigns is going to have, is going to, he's not going to get to Pedro Morales or, or Bruno San Martino. He's breaking Hogan's longest run. Like he they, they just want Reigns above Hogan in the history books. That's happening. I got to do the math and see where he's going to be after 39 and how close he is. The next pay-per-view is WrestleMania Backlash. The pay-per-view after that is Hell in a Cell. You could probably carry those with Edge and AJ Styles, in all honesty, if Roman can't wrestle in, on those two pay-per-views. You could probably carry those with that, especially if the trilogy ends with Hell in the Cell and Edge and AJ Styles. And that's what AJ needs to do so that Edge, and probably his full faction by the point, um, can interfere. Of course, anybody can interfere in Hell in a Cell, we know. But... It's like you could get there if Roman can't go. And and that storyline doesn't need a championship, even though people thought it was going to be for the WWE Championship at one point. Like you could definitely pull that off and make that work if, if that's what you need with Roman. Um, Edge is just brilliant. We're so lucky that to have Edge back for the time that we've had Edge back. And what's crazy is that he's actually suffered a major injury during this return. Like it's just mind-blowing, um, which he did in the, what, the, the greatest wrestling match of all time or whatever they called it. Um. Yeah, I just I I really enjoyed it. I had no problem with Damian Priest. I would be more upset if Damian Priest got physically involved in the match. 
him coming up and just being that distraction. Like, what the fuck's he doing here? Like, even the commentator's like, what the hell is Darren Priest doing here? And if you go back and watch when Roderick, one of my favorite turns, when Roderick Strong joins Undisputed Era at, at the finals of the Dusty Cup, Undisputed Era didn't know Roddy was turning. Like, he grabs the armband off of Adam Cole, puts it on his own arm. And they're like, okay. Like, if you look at it after the match, like, Edge had no idea what Damian Priest was doing. Now, I haven't seen the promo from Raw, if they explained it or not. But it wasn't until Damian Priest, like, got got down and, and, you know, acknowledged him like he was the Undertaker that Edge was like, all right, now I know what we're doing. Like, I like when that aspect is like, 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 I like the fact that Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns didn't mastermind everything for Royal Rumble. That it was more in the moment and Heyman realized... I need to be back with Roman Reigns. Like it's, it's these little storytelling elements that WWE does that are so, so high level that people don't even catch them sometimes. Like it came off as Damian Priest was trying to pitch this to Edge and this was his way of doing it. And I, and I really like that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy the whole thing. So that wraps up on my, in my opinion, our analysis of two nights of WrestleMania. Anything that I, didn't present to you guys to talk about that you want to talk about with WrestleMania. I mean, we hit eight, nine matches in of the, of the 14, 15 that took place by talking about this. I mean, no, we covered I, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I, my, my needs are met. I mean, I know we didn't mm-hmm. talk about, you know, RK bro or poor Rick Boogs. Like I get it. It sucks, but you know, we didn't talk about the Undertaker doing the Hall of Fame thing twice for some crazy reason. Like, there's this little because he can. That's why I because you, you know damn well you put him out there both nights. I, I like, agree with you that. Know damn well. When they did it the second night and it was just the Undertaker and not the other Hall of Famers, I thought he was going to come out in the gear. Um, like when the music hit, like I thought he was going to give another farewell and not wearing the same exact suit that he was wearing the night before, which tells me he didn't know he was going to do it both nights. I thought he was going to come out, trench coat, all that other stuff. Uh, I, I thought Triple H opening night, too, was pretty cool. I really did. That was cool. Um, yeah. It's interesting because he didn't have a microphone do whatever. They show the crowd, then they cut back, and suddenly he's holding a microphone and a pair of boots, and you realize what was happening. Um, this one will obviously stick, unlike when The Undertaker did it at 33. And I think that's why I never went hardcore Triple or Austin's not wrestling a match because I did that at 34 with The Undertaker and lost out. Big time. Yep. So, I was with you on that one. Um, mm-hmm. Hell, Shawn yeah. Michaels retired and then he came back. So, yeah, that one bothered Patrick O'Dowd a lot, but he's over it now. Um, and that's why I said Austin's going to wrestle more now. That, that, that's been opened. The money's going to flow in. The check's always, it's like Dolph Ziggler. I listened to an After the Bell interview, Corey Graves show recently, interview with Dolph Ziggler, and he was like, 16 years, never missed a paycheck. Like, it's just, the money is, it's a business. And no one knows that better than Stone Cold Steve Austin. Thoroughly enjoyed WrestleMania. If, if you know, if you didn't, then it's just not for you. And, and, and don't blame WWE if you didn't like WrestleMania. Just blame yourself for continuing to watch something that's not for you. Like, that's the only thing that I can say. Um, that will wrap things up. You can follow the wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd on the Twitter at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in Realist, and there is one in Patrick. For the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd, let, let, let him get back up to the higher numbers on the Twitter. Just, just go follow him. Go follow him. <laughs> tweet at him. Look, basketball season's over. You don't have to worry about Illinois tweets for a while, although, you know. Oh, no. Cardinals no, are coming We got recruits. Yeah. 
We got recruiting. We got recruiting, and we got Jersey. baseball coming up. So yeah, we got opening. Oh day. yeah, baby! And the cycle never stops. Yeah, it stop, it sure won't stop. It sure don't. Um, but go follow him. Go do all of that. Again, you can follow Miranda Morales on Instagram, but no Twitter because she is the Twitterless heroine. Also on Facebook at the hashtag Miranda hashtag spelled out. Of course, she's the queen of soft style and a myriad of other nicknames that you can tune into the hashtag Miranda show and she'll go through a bunch of them. And you can follow me on all, all of the forms of social media at Chairshot Greg. Follow the website at Chairshot Media. Go visit thechairshot.com for sports, for entertainment, and for sports entertainment. All provided to you with love at thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Yeah, that's it. That's all we got for you today. I hope you had fun. I hope you did get some enjoyment out of it, some perspective on this crazy thing called WrestleMania. Um, Parting thoughts that I will leave you with. Some people just should never shave off their beard, and one of those people is named Elias. Always use your head. Chairshot.com. Always use your head. This is my yard now. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.